we thought it was to be a really, really great time for you to get to hear a wonderful testimony, a story of someone who has experienced some of the worst that life can throw at you and then lived to tell, to tell the tale and is better for it. You know, we, we, we easily quote verses like Romans eight twenty eight. God causes all things to work together for our goods. You know, we quote those and we throw them out to others that are going through tough times. But then we, we quickly forget them when the tough times come our way. We can sing a song like we just sang, "'Tis so sweet to trust in Jesus." Well, that's easy to do when everything's going okay. But how about when things aren't going so okay? And so I've had the privilege of getting to know Robin and her mother. But, I, you know, the first time, Robin, we met, your story just kind of jumped out at me. And we have some things in common because we both grew up in the, uh, in the cowboy world. Now, she was uh, better at it than I was. She actually was a champion. I wasn't. And, and she, she trained and showed horses and competed and was really uh, at the top of her field, at the top of her craft. So you might not have thought that, but uh, she, she's kind of royalty in the horse showing, training uh, world. And then she uh, experienced a traumatic injury that gave her such damage to her brain that there's just a little sliver of people that have that kind of trauma that ever even survive, much less are able to function in any kind of normal way. And you're going to hear her story tonight. And I, I had the opportunity, though, when I got to know her, and she started telling me her story, and she said, you know, I'm writing this book, and so that was exciting. And then she said, you know, I think God may want me to share this story. And I said, well, I think you are right. And she's already shared, I think, a couple of times or so publicly. But this is kind of like her debut presentation. This is, this is her coming out um, event tonight. And we're kind of privileged because I really do believe that God wants her story to go far and wide. And I can just imagine cowboy churches all over the country. She's going to find immediate common ground with them uh, services that are held at rodeos and horse shows. Now, she won't be limited to that, but wow, what a great opportunity that she's going to have. And then obviously she brought her, her books with her uh, tonight, so when we're done, you might want to pick up a copy of that, and, and of course she'll be happy to sign them and personalize them. But I, I want you to know that I consider it a great privilege tonight to be able to introduce Robin Ross and Huck. And they're going to come... And they're going to share their story. So, Robin, you come. Don't be nervous. You're, you're among friends here. We are all celebrating with you. So you come, and while you're doing that, I'm going to pray, okay? Father, we come to you now in, in the name of Jesus. And, 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 Lord, we thank you that sometimes things happen that we don't understand, and we question you about it. Sometimes we even throw up our hands and feel like you've kind of given us a raw deal. But we thank you, God, that in the midst of everything that happens to us, you have a purpose, and you're doing things that we might not understand at the time. But then you make wonderful, wonderful miracles out of bad stuff. Lord, I thank you for the privilege of being able to get to meet Robin and her mother and, and to see what you have done in their lives. 
Now, Lord, I know because I've spoken in public many times, I'll bet you Robin is nervous. And so I just pray right now that you would calm her nerves. Lord, help her to know that she is here speaking on your behalf, which is a great honor, and she's among friends. But Lord, I pray that you would also empower her, that her testimony will come to life, and that not only will she get to share that with us, but this will be a great opportunity for for her to kind of begin to whittle on this craft that I think you're going to use, and you're going to take her who knows where to share this story. So thank you that she survived what she's going to tell us about and is here to tell the tale, and it's a blessing to know her. God bless her tonight. I pray it in Jesus' name. Amen. Would you give a warm Fairview Baptist welcome to Robin Ross. Robin, God bless you. Hi, guys. What? Is it on? All right. What a blessing and a joy to be standing here before you. I've been called to share my witness for the Lord God Almighty. You all know my handsome little friend. He, he's my ambassador. I'm not an educated, book-learned expert. Unlike them, I do know the painful loss. I know the personal gain and the excitement of recovery. With the grace of God, I survived, and I overcame a severe traumatic brain injury. I'm on fire to praise and to share the glory of God. I'm inviting you to join me. Doctors are limited in their verbal approach to victims and family by supplying only the medical facts. They must recite the often hopeless and dark, devastating medical prognosis. They can't provide blue sky to their patients and families, nor do they share the possibility of God's intercession. My story is not limited to despair. I can provide hope by sharing my surreal recovery story, Hope Through Jesus Christ, Our Lord. I was raised in eastern Oregon on a high desert cow-calf operation. I knew the weak would not survive. The sick old cow that doesn't get up and come to water and get up and go to feed is not going to live. That was obvious to me, so I tried harder than a lot of the town people to get well. My people are strong people, and we're close to Mother Earth. I am blessed with strong genes. We believe in God, and we love our country. Bear with me. My immediate family consists of my older brother, Bill, my mom, my dad, and myself. We lived quite isolated most of the year. There was over 60 miles of dirt road to bump our rigs over to arrive at cow camp, which was our primary home. Living in Oregon wasn't like living in in Oklahoma. It's kind of like living in a park here. It took a lot of acres to feed one cow there. Our closest and our only neighbors were eight miles on horseback. To travel by road to see them was 14 miles in a rig. Seven months of the year, we were with the cattle on over 100,000 acres of federal domain land. Many days, we left camp in the mornings to stride a good horse and traveling at a trot to tend to the cattle. We came home tired at night, and we went to bed early. Life was simple, and the available choices were few. My heritage is agriculture, with husbandry of the land and animals. I grew up with no electricity, meaning we had no TV, no stereo, And, of course, no household running water or bathroom facilities. There you go. We had a lovely wooden outhouse, a deluxe two-holer, in fact, 
placed over 50 yards from behind our, at our back door. The only running water we had came with one of us running out to the spring, filling the bucket, quickly returning it to the kitchen counter to place a long-handled granite dipper into it for fresh water for communal usage. My story is a tale of God's divine providence, which allowed me to conquest over injury. Through Jesus Christ, I have survived, recovered, and overcame. On May 27, 1994, I suffered a severe traumatic brain injury at a horse show in Caldwell, Idaho. The horse I was astride fell. I rode him down. With a whiplash effect, my head hit the hard ground, causing severe trauma to the brain. Kind of like when a tree tips over, the whole impact was at the end of it. My neurosurgeon said it was comparable to a watermelon being tossed out of a window. Take a moment and picture the destruction of the melon when it hits the ground and the futility of trying to restructure the melon to its original gourd. God is now directing me to help others and to offer hope through Jesus Christ. Sharing my story is succumbing to his will. This is my testimony, and I'm backing up my thoughts with scripture. Hebrews 13:5. He himself has said, I will never leave you nor forsake you. The Lord was with me at the horse show. He saved me. I was in deep coma. I either laid there helpless and bleeding, or I was convulsing out of control. Christ put the people that I needed into my path, and he directed their abilities to save me. The day of the injury, I was found with blood flowing, still trapped under my horse. We were thrashing around beside my one-touch Dodge Dooley pickup and gooseneck trailer. The accident and the vital precious minutes following unrolled like a perfect storm. A Vietnam Army medic, an off-duty EMT, and a county sheriff all ran to my aid. They tended me, and they constrained me during the grand mal seizure, and they slowed the loss of blood flowing heavily from my life-threatening head wound. I arrived with only minutes to spare at the Boise, Idaho ER trauma room. One of the nation's best <clears throat> neurosurgeons was on call. Dr. Ronald Jutze credits not his own talents, but he gives the glory to God as to my recovery. A Glasgow Coma Scale, or GCS, is how brain injuries are measured. Number one on the scale is being in a non-responsive or near-vegetative state, with the other end of the spectrum being a number 15, which is the least injured recorded on this scale. Upon arrival in the ER, I was diagnosed as a dark, discouraging number three. In layman's terms, my bruised, battered, and bloody brain from the trauma bouncing around inside my skull as it crashed into the hard ground was considered too damaged to ever reach full repair. It was as if my personal, hard, as if my personal computer hard drive had been wiped near clean. When your computer freezes, you have big trouble. I couldn't wake up connect my thoughts, nor could I physically function. I was trapped within a broken body. After the craniotomy, which is cutting a hole in your skull, skull to allow brain surgery to be performed, the neurosurgeon told my parents he gave me only a 5% chance of surviving. Mom recalls there was no mention of significant recovery to be expected. In the doctor's learned opinion, I'd probably never be independently mobile. It was doubtful I'd, I would retain cognitive skill or be able to care for myself. Dr. Jutsi thought I might be blind, and he expected the severe injuries would not allow me mentally or physically to return to my prior self. My strong little mother has unwavering faith and stubborn. <laughs> Prayers from her, from my dad, my brother, and many others by intercession kept God in my heart. Our God is a great and merciful God. Every traumatic brain injury or TBI is unique. Not all recover. 
With faith and foremost with God through Jesus Christ, nearly every person can at least improve their lot in life. An emergency left craniotomy was performed. My entire head was surgically saved. I didn't like being bald when I did wake up. A free bone flap measuring five centimeters by three centimeters was cut and temporarily removed to expose the bloody mass. Along with the repair work, tiny bits of bone, damaged tissue, and bloody fluid was removed from around my brain. Over 200 cc's of blood was cleared during the surgery, not including the, the flow of blood already lost. The bruising and the swelling was severe. I was in a deep coma for 24 days. I was on life support. I was fed through a tube in my belly. Machines were keeping me alive. My accident and the resulting injury were violent and ugly, with devastation left behind. My left ear continued to leak blood. The bleeding ear was not a concern. The doctor did not expect me to survive to care. The way he saw a little blood in my ear was not going to matter nor affect my future much. I felt warm and quite secure during the long surgery and comfortable while sleeping in the deep coma as the Lord held me in his arms. The wave of horrible fear, confusion, and torturous pain did come when I began to struggle to awaken days later. Believe me, waking up from such an injury is not like being per- it is portrayed in the movies. In retrospect, I know a parent suffers far more than their child. After my surviving the surgery, while my parents were still in the waiting room, a nurse handed my mother a brown paper bag. Mom looked inside. It was all my long red hair, tangled and bloody. Can you imagine? Mom was already praying, and she looked in the sack. She implored of God with even more fervor. Many prayers were offered to the Lord on my behalf. For years, in fact, people have continued to pray for me. Intercessory prayer is powerful. To this day, I remain blessed by prayer. People ask me if I can recall a near-death experience or if I saw a light. I did not. My experience wasn't a near-death experience. I had a near-God experience. God, Jesus, and the Holy Spirit remained at my bedside. I feel touched by the Trinity constantly. I did, and I continue to receive their cherished gifts of mercy and love. I'm positive the devil was nearby. He and his minions wait for weakness and is all and are quick to pounce. 1 Peter 5.8 talks of the devil walking around like a roaring lion, seeking whom he can devour. While in the coma, I had peace inside, but violent and fighting on the surface. At times, male nurses were needed to hold me down along with the restraints. I'm a physical and a strong woman. Other times, I was kept tied. My chest, my arms, my legs, my bandaged skull were restrained to stop me from damaging myself. Mom prayed and remained with me. Dad had, oops, give me a second. Dad had to go home to the horse ranch to care for the stock. He returned every day. Dad was a stoic cowboy and had been a champion saddle bronc rider. He was a winner. He won the Cheyenne saddle bronc contest in 1950. Mom beseeched and prayed, I cannot do this alone. Help me, Jesus. Christ heard her, and Christ did. With his help, she was able to reach into my subconscious and calm me. Her soft, confident voice got into my head. That night, she talked quietly to me for over four hours. She gave me her faith and her strength. Finally, I quit fighting and I listened. I stopped struggling and I rested. I began to heal. My recoverable memories began after a month's time, on the, and on the same day, Mom left my bedside. 
it was time she left. I had to wake up and take care of myself. After all, who was going to brush my teeth? Mom was gone. For years, I felt shame and I felt survivor's guilt. And I hid from God. I was embarrassed by my pathetic self. Oddly, it was like I was watching the drama unfold from afar. I was horrified with what I saw. I hid from everyone. I hid from myself. My mind and my body remained in a terrible, confusing turmoil, and the pain was intense and near unbearable. All the while, the Lord was with me. I knew it, but I did not acknowledge him, nor did I praise him. Romans 8, 3, 9. Nor height, nor depth, nor any other created thing should be able to separate us from the love of God, which is Jesus Christ our Lord. At the rehab, I laid flat and was unresponsive. The staff will be in for my showers on a metal tray with drain holes strategically placed. In the beginning, I was totally helpless. My damaged neck couldn't support my, the weight of my heavy head. My head had to be protected, secured, and tied to keep it from toppling. For my own safety, I was kept tied in the bed, tied on the toilet, and wherever else they put me. I was confused, yet I knew I was not an animal. <clears throat> I was humiliated by being strapped down and left until someone assisted me. As I became stouter in the days ahead, I was advanced into a wheelchair, next to walker, then with a cane. Much later, when a therapist did escort me for a walk, they had a belly band on to hold me upright. Other times, I recall someone holding me in a wedgie-type grip, supported by firmly holding the back of my pants. That was embarrassing. It was rude. It was uncomfortable. I already felt ugly, blank-minded, crippled, bald, had double vision and pathetic. How would you like led around by your waistband? Not so much, huh? I've had years of therapy, and it still takes extra effort to be balanced and solid on my feet, especially if I'm tired. I'm stuttering more tonight since it's evening. I'm better in the morning. I kind of digress as the day goes. Feeling me falter and quickly providing a supporting break is one of Huck's jobs. It's as if the earth has small earthquakes that only my loyal Huck and I feel. You wouldn't think he was going to do anything, but he is there when I need him. In the beginning, I found myself rocking my body and allowing the posture of my right arm. I realized this was not acceptable. Somehow, I concluded I was not crazy, so I stopped. I see no other explanation than that God had stepped in and assisted me to recognize and to cease the downward spiral. Do you? My injury was on the left. The opposite side was affected similar to a stroke. To this day, my right leg has no feeling below mid-thigh. My right foot drags and I'm lame when I'm tired and the neuropathy pains me. Much of my body and my head still aches, but it's no big deal. Look around and see your blessings. It could always be worse. Often the rehab staff called me the TBI, traumatic brain injury, instead of using my name. Remember, when you're dealing with a friend or a family member, always make it personal and use your loved one's name and include them in all conversation. Look them in the eye. Don't look around or over them. Suggest their doctor address them and not speak only to you, the caregiver. Username. Don't say, get the TBI, toilet the TBI, shower the TBI, feed the TBI, put the TBI to bed. The manager of the rehab facility told me repeatedly, once a TBI, always a TBI. I think their goal was to make me mad and to make me try. Well, it worked. I'm still mad and I'm still trying to prove them all wrong. My neurosurgeon and the medical personnel all felt I should no longer strive to physically compete in the demanding world of performance horses. They stated that a second head injury 
often follows a first, and it was extremely unlikely that I could survive and overcome another. My parents knew that to remove my horses would erase my desire to continue the long road to success. They allowed me to keep chasing my dreams, and it worked. The winning competition pictures that I have changed out on the screen, screen are after years of therapy and work. God allowed me to return and to prosper in my chosen career. Hallelujah. I was released to mom and dad as I graduated the facility. Although I am positive without the trained therapist, it is doubtful neither my mental nor physical journey could have been accomplished. The therapy continued at home and at another outpatient facility. Mom is very driven. She forced me to get well. It was the only option. In ways, she made the rehab facility look like a vacation resort. (laughs) Seriously. The healing continued and the work had only begun. The alarm went off at 6 in the morning. After a refreshing shower, she made and fed me a good breakfast. She had me do mental exercises with book study and questions related to the lesson of the day before, and she took me walking. At first, we trekked inside my home, then ventured out the door to the edge of the home's deck. I had to wear the hated belly band if I was upright. Mom advanced my walking in small increments. After a couple of months, we were walking over two miles. With effort and with the strong will of my mother, and mercifully with God, I was walking on my own two legs. God gives us miracles of his creation every day. How does most every young mare birth a foal, then audibly know how to welcome and receive it into their care? Hey, I know that answer. God created the maternal inherent knowledge when he created loving mothers. I've had unexplained improvements, which I credit to divine providence. Number one, my vision remained double for nine months. I woke one morning and I could see correcting. My four optic nerves reconnected in alignment without surgery. Number two, I beat the medical prognosis. They said nine months in the rehab. I met the rehab tests and standards in less than two months. Being competitive and an overachiever did pay off for me. Number three, they said I would remain childlike. Instead, in time, my IQ test showed my IQ IQ to be a remarkable 136. I still was pathetic and limited beyond belief, but I was returning. My blessed recovery exceeded every limit they gave me. God saved me. The glory goes to God. God's guidance led me to prove the doctors and psychiatrists wrong. Doctors tend to give the most severe of diagnoses. When I tell my story, I can provide hope, hope through Jesus Christ, our Lord. I exceeded every limit that educated physicians put upon me. Number four, parts of my brain and its pathways had been destroyed. That there I was, and here I am, doing the impossible with the Lord. My neurons found a way to fire correctly through Jesus Christ. I owe it all to him. Number five, the optometrist, 24 years later, declared my eyes are healing. My old eyes have improved. Number six, my temple... Templar mandible joint, or TMJ, had been cracked during the accident, and it ached constantly. Recently, the pain and the irritation of the unaligned jaw went away. Number seven, I was near deaf in my left ear. Today, I can hear pretty fine. Number eight, I'm over 60 years old and take only one prescription to to control my high blood pressure. I take no other prescription meds. No mind-slowing anesthesia drugs are required. Explain these facts without God. You can't. Sadly, I still wouldn't weaken and accept an easier, less challenging life. Remember, my brain was scrambled and remained so for over 16 years. It's near 25 years now, and I monitor my 
deficits today, and I probably always will. I'm blessed to be aware of them. Most people don't acknowledge or regard their limitations. I was scared and fearful as I competed in the challenging, demanding, high-speed cow horse events, but I wouldn't admit it. To admit fear, I would have had to quit. My numb leg and loss of balance made me susceptible to physical defeat. I was blessed to win national titles in the horse industry before and then again after the accident. I was a champion, yet it all felt lonely, empty, and shallow. I was still hiding from God and thinking my life plan was the correct one. I would not honor or knowingly accept God's guidance. My faith remained, but I was unwilling to listen and bend to his perfect will. I wanted him to accept me on my terms. God did smite me for my resistance, several wrath-filled times, in fact. He must have determined that I needed a stronger message. I think that I exasperated him, and he hindered me. He continues to lead me to see the light to a better life. But in intervening years, I kept getting injured over and over. My poor head was shook, banged, and bruised several more times. I acted with complete disregard. I broke both of my legs in two different horse accidents. Another time I broke my right foot, I cracked several ribs, injured my left shoulder. I had a foolish work accident which caused crushed bones in my left hand. I was having crippling anxiety attacks. I had constant stress and resulting body pain. My neck and spine from the injury continues to plague me. In 2011 at a horse show, I fell off my hard-turning horse. This time I whacked my poor head hard enough that once again blood seeped out of my left ear and the impact made me so very sick and so very fearful. So I realized God was sending me a message, but I still simply couldn't weaken. I wanted to hand it all to him, but I couldn't do it. I could not stop striving to be in control of myself and my situation. I'd hand control to him, then I'd wrestle it back. Earlier, I was in a study done by the Idaho Neurological Institute. In every high-level recovering patient, an inherent personal hardiness was found, which is just a polite way of saying born willful, stubborn, or stiff-necked. <laughs> the study showed a good support group is required to gain a successful recovery, but foremost, the study showed a strong spirituality is needed. God, through Jesus Christ, is the only way. Remember, I was adrift, my brain was damaged, but my deeply ingrained spirituality and love of God stayed alive. Eventually, I realized that, yes, God does have a bigger plan for me. In over 40 years, I'd not been in church to worship. I'd gone to weddings and dances and fun stuff, but to worship, no. Thankfully, by the Holy Spirit's intervention, by Christian friendships, and by my own reverent fear, this changed, and I knew they must have come and follow Christ. We first attended and joined the biblically taught Baptist Legacy Point Church in Whitesboro, Texas. Pastor Brother Joe Patterson shared this powerful scripture with me. 2 Timothy 1.7 For God has not given us the spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. The sound mind referral got my attention. The word was speaking to me. All through the recovery, I believe Jesus was leading and God was pushing me down the path. Suddenly it was simple and it rang true. Jesus is the way. God is a loving, all-powerful God. He is a just God. We must remember to separate God's love from his judgment. It is his love that heals us and leads us to repentance. It is our rejection of his word that leads us to his inescapable judgment. He demands that we do life his way and not on our terms. Be sure there is serious, undeniable consequence for sin. 
We as Christians must stop standing passive and share the truth of the word with love. Don't be argumentative, but be factual with God's word. Sinners can be saved by realizing we're all under God's authority. God loves the sinner, but hates the sin. Repent and call out to Jesus Christ for salvation. Do your job of discipleship. Spread the word. Be truth tellers. Open doors. I'm boldly witnessing for the Lord. St. Matthew 9, 3, 7, 39. Then he said to his disciples, The harvest is, it, is plentiful, but the laborers are few. Therefore, pray the Lord of the harvest to send out laborers into his harvest. 2 Corinthians 5.20 says, We are to be ambassadors for Christ. The glory goes to God. Always the glory goes to God. I believe in the exclusivity of Jesus Christ. Philippians 4.13 I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. The summer of 2018, for my foolish actions, I was hurt again. I'd received complicated surgery I had received complicated shoulder surgery, and then within four weeks, I broke my leg again. (laughs) We are all sinful humans, and we return to our pathetic and self-centered ways. I'm fearful that God had needed a heavier hand with me than with the majority of his flock. You've all heard the Verizon cell phone advertisement where a goofy-looking guy walks around while stopping in different spots to find cell service and asks, Can you hear me now? Can you hear me now? One day I felt God's voice mimic and asked that very question of me. I was lying in misery, mashed on the ground, and hurting from a displaced, torn, and painful shoulder injury resulting from being crushed in the horse trailer. At that moment, in my heart, I heard God with possible humor in his voice ask, Robin, can you hear me now? (laughs) Yes, I finally could. Praise God that Christ remains with us. He is in us, and the Holy Spirit gives us guidance. Finally, I heard God loud and clear. I was done with hiding, and I was done with fear. In retrospect, I doubt his loud, booming voice actually rang out for all to hear, but God did reach in while bringing the Holy Spirit. He did take hold of my heart, and he squeezed until I succumbed to his love and to his guidance. I realized now it was a blessing. Breaking my brain fixed my heart, and he has touched me. It took near 20 years for me to stop, to listen, and to embrace him. I became a servant instead of wastefully trusting and chasing my own selfish, worldly decisions and desires. The book, which I recently authored, poured out on me quite effortlessly. The Holy Spirit comforted, and he gave me the words. I pray my testimony to the Lord will be heard to soften the hearts of my secular friends and non-believers. I'm not attempting to preach. But I'm busy sowing seeds of salvation. My own choices are put, put me in harm's way. Satan was waiting for me to fall from my high rolling man made perch of success. I never cried out to the Lord, Why me? My injury occurred due to my choices. It was not a duplicitous Ill- illness or an undeserved cancer. I never had reason to ask why. I knew why. I kept getting on the horses. <laughs> and on this particular day, that horse fell. I chose to get on horses every day, and I chose an extremely danger-filled career. The day of the accident when my horse fell, I chose to ride him down. The accident was of my making. You get on enough high-level competitive horses, odds are you're going to get hurt. To win at the national top level of competition, a rider pushes to the edge and reaches for the near unreachable. Pride was my downfall. It is a sin that I continue to fight to overcome daily. Every injury and every illness is unique. 
and we all react differently to burdens. Looking back, I realized my head trauma was less insurmountable to combat than autoimmune disease or the horrors of cancer. My injury was well-defined, and it did not continue to grow within me. My body was broken and in severe pain, but not under constant internal siege. I fear I may not have turned to the Lord had he not kept hindering me. I do stand before him a broken, repentant sinner. With the surrendering of my heart and of my soul, the Lord has filled my world with light and placed peace in my sinful heart. I am to share his seeds of salvation be joyful. There is no greater reward than being in the presence of God. In the United States, in one year's time, it is estimated 2.8 million people sustain a traumatic brain injury. Horse accidents and sport-related falls contribute largely to this number. If you know a person in need of hope or proven suggestions to overcome and mentally return, please consider purchasing my inspirational book. Now Mom and I find we are sharing fellowship and love with members in a biblical, believing congregation, a congregation blessed with two anointed pastors. There we go. I repeat, continually, the Lord puts the right people in my path. He puts them in everyone's path if we listen and if we obey his word. Surround yourself with godly people. Christian friends do influence one another. Become a positive voice for the body of Christ. I'm a changed woman, and I would never have spoken this truth before, as I did not know it. I had been saved at age 13, and I did have a relationship with him, but only because he kept giving me mercy in my stiff-necked, confused beliefs. Prior to being fed the truth by our two pastors and by Pastor Joe Patterson, I was expecting God to see it all my way. These three men of God made me tremor with my failures and start seeking the complete word with the painful consequences for sin included. God scares me, and I'm not going to blindly, foolishly awaken his wrath. The Tishmingo, Oklahoma training facility and accompanying homes are gone. All but one of our good horses have been marketed, and they're gone. I believe Pastor Paul Blair and Dan Fisher are ambassadors for the Lord. Their teachings have me standing solidly in the gap. God has been preparing me. He healed me for this calling. He's the ultimate physician and healer. I'm available to anyone that would like to visit. I'm a surviving advancer. I'm a, sorry. I'm a surviving example. I'm an over, overcomer through Christ. 2 Corinthians 1, 3 through 4. Blessed be the Father, be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of mercies and God of all comfort, who comforts us for our tribulation, that we may be able to comfort those with which we ourselves are comforted by God. Yes, God has prepared me. He softened my heart, self-entitled heart, and is using me to comfort and bring other injured souls to Jesus Christ. Hebrews 5, 7, 5, 16. Let us therefore come boldly to the throne of grace, that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in our time of need. If this cowgirl could return, many others can ride a similar trail. God's power is unlimited. He can do anything and everything. God knows and is all. Revelations 1.8. I'm the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end, says the Lord, who is and who was and who is to come, the Almighty. Repent and accept the King of kings, the Lord of lords, as your Savior. He died on the cross. In three days, he arose to conscript sin to save you and me. He denied Satan by his resurrection. He is alive. St. John 14, 6. Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. 
No one comes to the Father but through him. Thank you.